Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Carrie Corgan, and this is The Opus, an exploration of legendary records and their ongoing legacy. In our latest season, I'm joined by Lizzie Hale, Warren Zanes, Daphne A. Brooks, and many more to revisit Jeff Buckley's Grace. We discuss Buckley's femininity in an era of hypermasculine alt rock, how the record's mythology was shaped by his tragic death, and the delicate work of keeping his legacy alive. Find us at Consequence of Sound or wherever you listen to podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're not already a subscriber to the series, take that moment, hit that subscribe button right now. You can do so. Wherever you're listening to this from, wherever you're hearing this from, in all of the satellites of all of the world, of all of the universe, somebody, not me, but somebody on a back end has put a subscribe button on there because they want you to continue to keep coming. And that's, well, I'm playing that game as well, so hit that subscribe button. Uh, But it does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It includes Spotify and YouTube as well. And if you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. Uh, Give us a hello in the comments box or or a review or a rating, whatever you're inspired to do. I'm Kyle Mayer. Today, my guest, one of my all-time musical heroes, Dave Navarro. You will, of course, know him as part of Jane's Addiction, maybe as for a short moment in time, as part of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I will say it's my favorite era of the Chili Peppers. Or maybe you're one of those oddballs who knows him from the band Deconstruction. One album, 1994, 25 years ago this summer. Now, here's the thing. We don't talk about any of that in today's interview. In fact, uh, Dave has once again teamed up with his friend Billy Morrison for the second Above Ground show. It's happening September 16th at the Fonda Theater in Los Angeles. It's to benefit Music Cares. And what they're doing is a tribute to vinyl as an art form by covering David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust album and uh, the Stooges debut from front to back with a whole lot of famous friends, including Billy Idol, Gavin Rosdale, Perry Farrell, Billy Duffy, Wayne Kramer. And we'll be talking about all of that. But the most important topic is the topic of mental health, because all of the proceeds of this show goes to Music Cares that Dave's been involved with in the last few years. And it's to raise awareness for mental health. It's to keep the conversation going. And hopefully it's to save lives. We've lost so many friends in the past few years. As we've heard about more and more and more, it's just happened more recently. And Dave's going to tell us about why that's so important to him. But also how he still deals with managing his own mental health on a daily basis. Even in the good times, it's still something that he works on every single day. 
but he's making such a positive effect by how he's keeping the conversation in the world. So we're definitely going to get into all of that, and there will be some geeking out about Bowie and Iggy. So let's jump into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Dave Navarro. Well, let, let's talk about this because you got this this really great thing. It's the second one you've done, the Above Ground show with uh, with Billy Morrison. So this is for Music Cares. You guys are going to be doing a lot. You're playing uh, Ziggy Stardust in full and uh, and the debut from the Stooges in full. Let's start out with the Music Cares part of it, though, because you've been involved with this for a while, right? Yeah, I have. Music Cares has been an organization that has provided care for struggling addicts and, and musicians and people in, in the industry that can't uh, get care on their own. You know, and this this extends to the crew, this extends to the people, the drivers, the people who put in the really long hours that are out there struggling. And it's, you know, it can be a lonely environment. It can be a depressing environment. It can be a very exciting environment, which can also lead to some dangerous behaviors. So what Music Cares began doing was providing treatment for that slice of, uh, you know, our industry because we were losing a lot of people. And then uh, as of the past couple of years, they've broadened their reach to include mental health issues and and mental health support and care having been in, obviously involved with them as an ex-addict and uh, certainly having been a survivor of trauma and mental health issues myself and having lost a lot of friends due to both it seemed like a natural fit i wanted to go to them because i knew that they used their resources in a way that went directly to the people in crisis and that's what we're in it for we're basically in it to, to help people who've been through what we've been through and hopefully help them get through it a little bit easier or help them avoid it altogether, or help them feel as if they're not alone because a lot of the problem with uh, mental health issues is the stigma around it. Although I have to say it is being lifted quite a bit, there's still quite a lot of shame for people who deal with mental health issues and trauma, and that shame prevents them from reaching out to people. And so we're 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 trying to say, look, not only is it vital that you reach out to people, it is in fact a great strength, and therefore something to be very proud of and not ashamed of at all. So that's what we're saying, you know. And I'm very open about my history, my history in terms of, you know, I've struggled with a lot and I've been very open about it and I and I, I feel very passionate about the cause and I feel that there are lessons to be learned and as long as we're willing to survive the uncomfortable, the joy is around the other, is just around the corner, you know, as long as we're willing to put up with the contrast. See, that's the thing. Like life to me is about bringing joy and giving joy and receiving joy and experiencing joy. That's really what it's about. I mean, if you really, if people, what's the meaning of life? I just simplify it because you know what? That's the best I can do. And it makes sense to me. So if you outline your life mission as to bring joy or experience joy, without harming anybody, then you really get to see that pain is there as contrast so you can actually understand that when you're experiencing joy, you're experiencing it. A lot of people get stuck in the contrast, like get cycled into the web, the well of depression and drug addiction and isolation and feeling abandoned and feeling insurmountable grief. Uh, grief that nobody can identify with, you know, absolute utter loneliness. And I have experienced all those things, certainly while trying to do my jobs. And uh, it is absolutely horrible way to live. It's an absolutely horrible, inhumane, ungodly way to live. And we're at a place right now where mental health awareness and facilities and uh, studies and, you know, just overall acceptance is in a place, thank God, where 
we can do something about it and hopefully prevent some of these extreme cases uh, bottom out, such as some of our friends that we've lost to God knows how many different disorders. The other reason I'm really passionate about this stuff is because having experienced a very traumatic event as a child, I know 100%, and also having a brother, by the way, who is uh, has some has Asperger's, which is a mild form of autism, but he's, he's highly functioning, and you know, thank God. But uh, you know, I understand what he is. I see what he goes through. You know, and and I had my demons when I was a kid, and you know, I've been very open about that. But you know, if we can hang in there and get through these dark times, there's so much light on the other side. And not only that, but that light is only really accessible if you return the favor and give back to others. So that's kind of my personal mission statement. And then that's kind of, I think, the band's mission statement is, you know, to just bring general awareness and raise funds for care. That's beautiful. I mean, that, that's a lot of what I, I was hoping you would talk about today because it's important. We at here at WFPK in Louisville, uh, we run an entire mental health day. We open up the phone lines. We have so many listeners call in to tell us their stories. And, oh, yeah. and, and it's always associated. Well, they, they associate it with a song and a lot of times. It's not even a sad song. It's a happy song or a song that's helped them get through those moments. And, and we hear those come through, and it, it ends up being such a powerful day. And what we hear is also the what you're echoing there, that it is being talked about more, that people are trying to pull that stigma up. But the contrast is that's coming at a time where it feels like we are losing our friends even quicker than ever. I mean, Neil Casal this week, uh, David Berkman recently, and then, of course, Chris Cornell, Scott Hutchinson, Chester Bennington. I could unfortunately go on and on and on. So what you're doing is right. one of the most important things I think that anybody could do in our industry. So I thank you for that. Hey, man, I appreciate that. And, and I'll tell you, I um, as of the past couple of years, you know, I've really... I've had a, a pretty profound shift in my life, actually, in terms of the direction that I wanted to go and the things that I want to do and, and, and pursue. And a lot of them are in this area. And, uh, you know, you were talking about losing friends, and this may be way off topic, but, you know, when I start thinking about the political landscape in which we're living and the division, the, the vast division between the left and the right, and even the vast division between the left and the moderate left, and even the division between Trump supporters and, and those who don't support him has turned us into an unrecognizable version of ourselves. So, for instance, last night I held a uh, fundraiser in New York City for Marianne Williamson, who's a, a Democratic, you know, she's running for the Democratic nomination. And today, which is, a, she's a pretty far left choice and she's an underdog, but I really think she has a powerful message. And today, I posted a picture of me and Kat Kimpf and Kennedy for the sole reason of showing my people, my friends, that like, here are two vastly different people who have vastly different political beliefs, who don't hate each other, and can sit down and have a meal and still enjoy one another's company as human beings. So really what I'm trying to say is like, I'm just trying to lift as much as I can, the amount of negativity and bashing and hatred that's going on. I'm, I'm, I've been guilty of it, too. We all have. You know, a dig at Trump is at this point, it's just an easy like. Right. You know, it means nothing. It means nothing. So, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Let's, let's get it together and try and do something positive. So that's what I spend my areas, about my, my free time in that area. Yeah. And, and and that's an easy segue right there because one of the positive things you're doing with this show, of course, is the 
the power of music that does bring folks together. Uh, and, and I guess I should say right. specifically celebrating vinyl album a, as an art form. I mean, that's how this all does tie in together, right? It, essentially, you know, the thing that happened, it was, a, it was a funny kind of chain of events. And there's kind of an area of it that I don't really want to get into because, uh, you know, for personal reasons. But basically, I... Um, I called Billy and because I, I have, a, you know, I'm a vinyl fanatic. I I have like all the top of the line vinyl gear that you know a gearhead could ask for, and you know, and I still go home and I put on the wall and I read the lyrics and I turn it over twice mm-hmm. and I do the whole thing. You know, so I'm that guy. So I'd been listening to a lot of vinyl records and I'd been loving the track listing. And I'd remember when James Addiction were making records on vinyl and we would painstakingly go over what side should start what song and like how many songs can we get on this side and how should that flow? And then side two was like act two. And we really had to like, you know, orchestrate the arrangement of the songs because you knew that someone was going to get up and turn it over, hopefully. So it was just something I felt like was missing as a as, as part of the experience. And we honed in on a couple of records that were really monumental in terms of shaping us as musicians. And that, that one of them was the Kings of the Wild Frontier album by Adam and the Ants. And the other one was Velvet Underground with Nico. And that was last year. So it was such a great success. We had Dr. Drew come down and say a few words about mental health awareness and, and what's going on in our society today and the way that Big Pharma is trying to take hold of this whole thing and keep people sick uh-huh. or, or diagnose people that don't need medication just to keep it going. And so there's a lot of people walking around with labels and shame that they might not actually even deserve. But we really uh, had such a great time that we decided to try and do it again this year. And we really gave it a lot of thought and really wanted to tie it in. You know, Velvet Underground, of course, featured the amazing John Cale, Mm -hmm. who produced the Iggy and the Stooges album. So right there. And then if you're talking about Velvet Underground and Iggy Pop, and then you might as well complete the triangle with David Bowie because that's the rock and roll triangle right Right. there. It's like, it makes total sense. And so since Ziggy Stardust is one of the albums that has shaped me as a musician and Perry Farrell and Eric Avery and Stephen Perkins and Stooges were a massive influence on James Addiction in terms, especially early days, like the early, just raw, you know, shitty sounding recording, shitty sounding gear, but the fucking energy was there and it was captured on vinyl. We loved that. So that was, you know, that was kind of our allegiance to that album. And of course, Perry, I can't, I can't think of another entertainer who has so much Iggy in him uh, naturally, you know, as an entertainer that I think that it's obvious that we were heavily influenced by him. I'm not saying Perry copied anything Iggy did. I'm just saying that we had that same angst. So yeah, so we decided on those two records. I mean, they just, one is just really raw and aggressive and in your face. And then the other one is really delicate and instrumentally challenged. And really it's going to involve a lot of musical components that we don't normally have because we want to do it justice. And so it's it's fun for us because not only do we get to be a part of this charity and, and, and do our part and be of service uh, to something that is really important to us that I suffer from and millions suffer from, but we also get to challenge ourselves creatively and as artists because deconstructing 
perfecting these albums and learning these parts the way they were originally played is very challenging and a lot of fun for us. You know, it's almost like, uh, have you ever watched like a crack addict take a watch apart and put it back together? I have not. <laughs> well, it's a lot like that. <laughs> it's, just like, it's, a lot, it's a lot like that. It's just like you just lose hours just digging into these tracks and it's just the, it's the funnest and you get to reacquaint yourself with this, these songs and hopefully get them brushed up by the time of the show and there's always the anxiety of whether or not it'll be together and, and all that and it just I will tell you this the last year's above ground show that we did has to be far and away my favorite show that I've ever been a part of in my life just in terms of the energy in the room the energy among the musicians on stage the unification of what we were doing there and then also getting to play music with these guests who are, many of them are my peers, many of them are idols to me, many of them are just completely mind-blowing musicians that you have to bow down and respect their musicality, right? So I'm playing in this band with these people who I admire, playing my favorite songs of all time, two different records. I mean, and it's all going to something that's going to benefit humanity. You're goddamn right. I had a fucking best time in the world. It was my favorite show ever. And it was like a fucking dreamland. Like, you know, that's the shit that dreams are made of. Like, And I didn't even realize that there was going to be a gift like that on the other side for me. And that's the really beautiful thing. It's like this whole thing was about being of service and putting on a great show and, and raising money and all this stuff. And then... When it was all done and I got home, I was like, man, I got so much joy out of that event and working with everyone and playing with everyone and being up against the clock and pulling it off anyway. And that to me is, the, is if I was to share a message about mental health awareness and working with people who suffer from trauma is to be of service because I've never felt happier than when I devoted two or three weeks of my life to this cause. And I'll point out those guests that you have by, I guess, sheer coincidence, uh, I've had almost every single one of them on my show within this past year, and almost every single one of them, we've probably talked about one of these two artists. And I'll mention Gavin Rosdell, Billy Idol, Perry. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't have Billy Duffy on, but I did have Ian from the Cult on and Wayne Kramer. Uh, he was on recently, oh, yeah. too. And and every single one of these, Wayne I think we've Kramer. talked about these. One of the greatest right there. Of all time, of all time. I don't know if you've got a chance to see the Gimme Danger documentary. No, I haven't um, watched that yet, and I'm, I'm ashamed. It's on Amazon. No, no, no. It's on Amazon. It's streaming, and it's just the Iggy Stooges' early days. It's incredible. Anyway, they lots of MC5 shout-outs in that. And um, Man, I don't know why you didn't tell me all this before we started. Then I would have had a whole different slant on this. <laughs> I thought you were like one of these young young kids who got a job at a startup web company, and you know what I mean. Now you know all the classics. We had a better talk. I'm 37. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I do about uh, 300 yeah, interviews man. a year. So, now, yeah, now I know that someone needs to prep me. You're the guy. Uh, I love it's, it. it. It's all right, dude. It, it, that is such a huge lineup. Uh, I am a little, uh, really, actually, quite envious that I'm not going to be able to see the show, and hopefully, some of this stuff ends up online. Wait. I, I do. Well, however, let me just point this out, which is a testament to you and your interviewing skills and your professionalism. Seriously, because I didn't put it together that you knew what the fuck you were talking about because I do a lot of these things, to be yeah. honest. And I never know how they're going to go. And then we get this deep into it, and you got me to open up about so much shit by just not saying anything, by just not digging into Wikipedia and pulling up stuff that everybody knows and asking me about it. 
Good job, sir. <laughs> well, I'll also point out that it shows why it's a good reason that you have your own podcast, because I can really just sit here and listen, and, and you will just keep telling me great things. And uh, that's that's the best uh, right there. So Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we have fun. It's called Dark Matter Radio. It's on uh, dashradio.com Wednesday nights. And uh, we have everything from, you know, people, God, we've had everything from client, crime scene cleanup guys to people in politics to psychics to UFO fanatics. To, you know, anything and everything that we find fascinating, we talk about. So, or we just talk about nothing. It's a, it's a, it's a great time. I, I really love that medium. And I feel like it's one of the only, we do it live. So it airs live so we can take phone calls. And I just feel like that live sense of broadcasting and you, ha- there's nothing you can do about it. What says goes. I love that feeling because it's very rare to get that feeling in anything else. You know, even live television, you're a little bit more in your head than on the radio. You just, it's a, you get into a stream of consciousness. And if you let go, it's a blast. So I, I, I appreciate you bringing up that show. We really love it. It's fun to listen to. I, I do want to hit one more question uh, about uh, the big serious topics that we're talking about here. Because, uh, you know, as we kind of circle back around to what this whole show stands for with the mental health awareness, it's imp- I think it's an important question. When did it start to get good for you? Because for a lot of folks who deal with it, there's so many starts and stops. And do you remember the moment where you finally said, I can take a hold of this, I can, I can take back control of my life, and, and, and things actually stayed on course to getting better? You know, to be perfectly honest, I've gone back and forth my whole life. You know, I, I've had moments where I'm great. I've had moments where I'm not great, even as close, as recent as a year and a half ago, I was super depressed. Like, you know, thinking about it, depressed. And fortunately, I know what to do. And uh, I reached out to some people. So I, I think that, you know, I, there, I, I can't say that there's a cure, but I can say that from my own experience that it's worth sticking around through, you know, because at a certain point, there are techniques you can learn. Sure, there are, there are medications, there's cognitive therapy, there's uh, psychiatry, there's all kinds of alternative plant medicines that you can you can uh, investigate if you're in the right hands, you know, to, to treat treat somebody. But um, it's, it never doesn't. I don't think there's a there's a solution other than maintenance mm-hmm. and and constant care. And for me, it's something I have to treat daily. So, for instance, whether I'm in a good mood or not. Many, many times throughout the day, I have to stop and breathe and pause and tell myself I'm in the moment and tell myself that all the shit that I'm thinking about isn't happening and it's all in my head. It's like, it's just like you learn techniques, techniques like noting thoughts as just thoughts and letting them go. One of the problems for me when I was in my most depressive state was that I tricked myself into thinking that I was correct in my thinking. So you're depressed, you're isolated, you're alone, you're suicidal, and you think you're right. That's a dangerous place to be. So, you know, I've been there. So the answer to your question is, uh, I would say to you, around the time that Above Ground 1 happened was when things were really starting to shift for me. And I think I was in a really... I was in a really dark place, and I and I had to do something to get out of it. And I think that you know that might have been a massive component. Um, it gave me something to feel proud of that wasn't self-aggrandizing, that wasn't about ego, or wasn't about 
money, and it wasn't about anything like that. It was just people getting together to do what they love, playing music they love for people they love. And that was it. And that, to me, was what it was all about. And that's, I think, when it shifted when I was forced to be in a scenario where I am merely there as a worker among workers, period. Yes, me and Billy have the organization and we present this thing, but it's everybody that makes it happen. And when you're in it, that sense of self-awareness that can be sometimes crippling is just gone. Gone. You'll come to find that if you're helping somebody else, it's pretty hard to think about your own shit. You know what I mean? Wow. And I'm like, these these are hundreds, hundreds and thousands of people that are dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with. And I know firsthand that the dangers of perceived solutions, the dangers of perceived solutions are success, money, love, uh, certain kinds of employment. If I get this thing, then I'll be fine. If I can only make this much money, then I'll be fine. If I can only meet the right girl, then I'd be fine. Whatever it is, I'll be fine. None of that shit's going to fix you. None of that shit is going to make it fine. It's an internal job. And so I think that for me, I'm like 53 now, you know, it took me a long time because frankly, I was in a position and I had a job that enabled that kind of behavior. I made, you know, I'm not a rich person, but I'm comfortable. And so I made enough money where I could get away with shit. And I made, you know, I fucking showed up to work and I, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I was fucking miserable. If only my band gets signed, then I'll be great. No, that's not it. Maybe if we go on tour, then I'll be fine. No, that's not it. Maybe if we get nominated for Grammy, then I'll feel perfect and whole. No, got that. That didn't happen. Well, maybe, you know what I mean? And then the list goes on and on and on. Maybe if I get this thing done or after this tour or after the thing, it's going to be great. But, like, the problem is you bring in your brain along with you the whole time. That's not going anywhere. You know, so it's the time to work on your thinking is now time to start noticing that you're having a thought that's intrusive and saying, oh, I'm noticing that that's a thought that's not helping me. I'll let that go. Bye. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you for hanging around my head. And I also I also think in a strange way, one of the things that I'm and I'm working with a partner of mine, an artist in Los Angeles who goes by the name of Unfuck Yourself. And she and I are working on uh, a little project that's also in this area, but it's also aimed more towards not only owning our frailties and our humanity and that which, which makes us human, but being proud of it and being like, you're goddamn right I survived that shit. I'm a fucking warrior. Like, you know what I mean? Like, trauma survivors are warriors. And then you come from home from Afghanistan suffer from massive PTSD, right? Because they've been among atrocities and things that they can't recover from seeing and they need a lot, a lot of help. And a lot of kids are feeling that same physical, physical component within their bodies without having been there. Meaning that on a physical, physiological level, the trauma in the body, which is a physical thing, is the same. So my thoughts are, if you can get past that... And you're a fucking hero. I don't care who you are. And that's not to say that the people we've lost aren't heroes, but I'm saying we owe it to mankind to be an example of of making it, man. We're at a we're at a very dangerous area right now where 
a lot of people don't have faith in us making it as a humanity, as a, as a race, as a country. And if being a part of this charity and doing this and sharing this with the people is a way to help get my mind off that, and maybe that's what it is. But I'll tell you one thing. If I'm going to create a distraction, it's going to have a positive reaction. See, that's a good pull quote right there. Right there. That's what you run a headline with. <laughs> that's your headline. When it comes to this, like, you can't get me to shut up about, about mental health awareness. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you as long as you want. Well, I appreciate you talking but, to me today about this. Well, I, no, I really, I really mean, do. Well, I yeah, you're the guy. <laughs> I appreciate that, you too. Should, you should uh, play this tape to your colleagues. Say, Dave Navarro says, this is how it's done. <laughs> check, me, check me out on this shit. You know, that's going in my, uh, what, what do I put that in? My my one sheet, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is, I just, yeah, you pull quote from Dave Navarro in your one sheet. <laughs> This is how it's done, said Dave Navarro. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for what you're doing out there, and thank you so much for the conversation today. Pleasure, man. Thank you. All right. Take care, man. I cannot thank him enough. Dave Navarro, again, the Above Ground concert that's happening September 16th at the Fonda Theater in Los Angeles, benefiting Music Cares, which you can find all those details about online. And a few quick other things to, to mention. It uh, looks like Dave's wrapping up the 12th season of Ink Master. That's what he's uh, been doing on TV as one of the judges there. And again, just for the fun of it, uh, 25th anniversary of the Deconstruction album. That was his first piece of work after Jane's Addiction. And a bit more even trivial than that, uh, 20th anniversary of the time he guested on the uh, Guns N' Roses a song, uh, Oh My God, from the End of Days soundtrack. And that does it. Uh, hey, before you get out of here, I hope if you're not already a subscriber that you've hit that subscribe button by now. Again, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You can follow along any of those places or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. I play uh, the biggest new songs of the day. We do some anniversary celebrations. There's also some music news and clips from interviews as well. You can find some bonus interviews over at WFBK.org. And again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.